on our series entitled Questions That Women Ask. We come now to our fourth question. The first question in this series was, what must I do to keep from becoming depressed? Probably more women come in to our counseling center here in Philadelphia who are depressed than who come in for any other problem except marital difficulties. And so it's a very prevalent problem with women. I discussed that in some detail, and I can't discuss it here again. But if you missed that broadcast, we do have a little pamphlet that we'll send you free of charge if you'll write to the Christian Counseling and Educational Center, Chestnut Hill, Pennsylvania, 19118. So if you want the pamphlet on being depressed, what to do when you become depressed, just please write, and we'll send that free of charge. Question number two was, how do I get along with my mother-in-law? Now, we don't have a pamphlet on that, but the Word of God has some very important material on it. And I would suggest that you lovingly and your husband study and pray about Genesis 2.28. And if you're a mother-in-law, you might pray about that and think about that and talk with your husband about that matter too. And then you, if you're the daughter-in-law, also read Romans 12.18, where Paul lays the obligation upon you to be at peace. And remember the Hebrew shalom, the biblical peace, is not simply some kind of negative thing like a cessation of hostilities between individuals, but it's a very positive, warm, rich relationship with people. And so you're to be at peace with all persons, including your mother-in-law. And you're to do everything from your side of the relationship to see to it that it takes place, if it's at all possible. And so Romans 12:18 is for you. Last time we talked about this question, I've forgiven, but how do I forget? We tried to say, I'm just giving a brief summary about each of these for those who didn't uh, hear the broadcast itself. We tried to say that the only way to really forget is to keep your promise. What do you mean by that? You say, well, forgiveness is first a promise, not a feeling. And when we say that forgiveness is a promise, we mean that when God forgives us, he says to us, Your sins and your iniquities I will remember against you no more. That is, he promises us that he won't bring these things up again. They're buried in the depths of the deepest sea. They're removed, he says, as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. I don't raise the issue again. And if you make the promise, when you say, I forgive you, that is a promise. When you make the promise of forgiveness, you are virtually saying to another, I won't raise this question against you, I won't uh, raise it to you, I won't raise it to others, and I won't sit around feeling sorry raising it in my own mind again. Whenever it comes, I'll put my mind on something profitable and worthwhile. And we said if you don't know what to think about at a time like that, you might even develop a Philippians 4 think list of things that are mind-engaging, that are worthwhile, that fit the categories of things to think about in Philippians 4. Well, okay, for those last three broadcasts, there's a quick rundown of what we did before. Now for today's question, a very important one. Here it is. How can I have good sexual relations with a husband who is affectionate only when he wants sex? Well, that is a very important question and a very important problem. I know you just dropped your dish and you want to listen to this one and you're listening very carefully because that's your problem. Uh, There are an awful lot of women who have that problem. 
There are a lot of men who grew up in a, an age and an era in which it was supposed to be manly not to express affection, not to express affection publicly or privately. And so manliness became keeping a stiff upper lip, uh, never saying that you uh, were sad, never letting anybody know your feelings, certainly never expressing your feelings in any uh, audible way or in any uh, visible way. And so a lot of men have grown up in that kind of an ethos and that kind of an era. Now that's changing a bit in our society today. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the, the past uh, generation, this most recent generation, a lot of the thinking has been just the opposite, and so maybe this pattern is, is swiftly leaving us. But there's still a lot of men around who were trained and uh, developed under those kinds of rubrics of thinking. They were, of course, not Christian rubrics. They were rubrics of our society. And it's interesting to notice that affection in the Bible is something that is very important. Indeed, in Titus uh, 2, where the more mature women are told to teach the younger women to love their husbands, the word there is not the word for love, but it's the word to be affectionate to their husbands. And so women are even exhorted to learn how to be affectionate and to teach younger women how to be affectionate. So far from affection being something that is not to be done in the Scriptures, there we have a very clear-cut exhortation to affection. But notice it's interesting that it's the woman who is told to be affectionate in that passage. Maybe you're all wrong in thinking that if your husband is not as expressive as he ought to be, that you should stop your affection. You see, a relationship in sex, as in any other relationship, is two-sided. And in 1 Corinthians 7, we have a very important principle. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but her husband does, says Paul in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 7. And the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Your body and your satisfaction and your uh, fulfillment sexually is not your concern. Now, you can express a concern of this sort to your husband because he ought to be the one and he is the one whom God has required to bring you to satisfaction physically and sexually and to be affectionate to you outside of sex because sexuality is what goes on when you crawl out of the covers in the morning not just what goes on when you crawl under the covers at night you know that it's what you do all day long with one another to one another and what you say and so on it's a matter of the little loving pat on the cheek. It's the matter of the arm around the waist. It's the matter of the, the kind word that was said uh, over the supper table. That All that goes into bed at night, and so does the opposite go into the bed at night. But your job is not to do what your husband is to do. Your job is to do what God has called you to do. And if instead of giving up or getting frustrated or getting angry or failing to be what you ought to be in sexual relations, you give your best to your husband the chances are that you're going to be able to help him to develop his ability to show affection at other times and in the bed as well. His body belongs to you, according to this passage, not yours. So if you're focusing upon what he should do to you, you've got the wrong focus. Put your focus 100% upon what you can do to please him. Find out what is most pleasing to him in foreplay and in sexual relations. You're not to be inactive in sexual relations. You're to be very active. It's possible for you even to initiate relationships and to initiate foreplay. The husband and the wife are put on precisely the same level in these passages with neither one taking a superior role over the other. 
What is very clear is that you must have the proper attitude towards sex. His sexuality exists for you, but yours exists not for yourself, it exists for him. Love for you means to give of everything you've got in that relationship to make sure that you bring joy and peace and satisfaction and happiness to him in this relationship. And there are very few wives who throw themselves wholeheartedly into sex who will not get a very enthusiastic response from their husbands. So, follow the principle that it is more blessed to give than to receive, not only in giving funds, but in giving of your body and in of giving of yourself and of giving of your affection in sexual and in every other relation to your husband. Lord, help women everywhere to do just this in Christ's name. Amen.